turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. If you're old enough, do you remember when personal computing first took place? And I remember in my mind's eye, my, my brother was always ahead of me, and so he had early PCs. He introduced me to what would be called bulletin boards. Remember bulletin boards? You had, you know, you had access, it was pre-internet. And there were just these rooms where you'd go into, and there would be, you know, there would be typeface things listed. Okay, I don't remember that. That was way. That was a long time ago. But I remember. Oh, this is so cool. And I remember being at my first computer, thinking, one of these days, this is, you know, and, and imagining what might be. Well, of course, we're there, we're there now. But those early pioneers of computing, you know, the Steve Jobs and the, all those guys, their imaginations presented us with what we use every day and don't even think about. Sure. It's become a tool. It doesn't doesn't become a cool tech thing. Right. It is just something that we use, like a pair of scissors, like cut and paste. So the guy who invented cut and paste, a guy by the name of Larry Tesler, passed away the other day at 74. He worked in Silicon Valley in the early 1960s. Really? Early 1960s. Wow. This guy was uh, out of the Bronx, born in the Bronx in 1945. He moved to California to uh, go study at Stanford University, which was in many ways the birthplace of the early personal computing revolution. After graduating, Larry Tesler, he, he specialized in something called interface design. That is, making computers... Their systems more user friendly, and so from that, his most famous invention was the cut and paste command, which was based upon the old method of editing, in which people would physically cut portions of printed text sure. and then glue them elsewhere. Hence, cut and paste. The command was incorporated into Apple's software on the Lisa computer in 1983, mm. and the original Mac was released the following year. So one of his firmest beliefs, uh, Tesla's, uh, Larry Tesla's belief, was that computing should not use something called modes, which was really common in the early software design at the time. Modes would allow users to switch between functions on software and apps, but make both computers both time-consuming and complicated. Now, so strong was Larry Tesla's website, the belief that you should not be using modes was his website was called nomodes.com. Mm-hmm. His Twitter handle was at nomodes. Even his car's registration plate, his license plate was nomodes. So from the very beginning, he was trying to find a bridge between applications, so to speak. Yes, where he believed, like everyone else believed in the early days, that your com- computers should not be for the intelligentsia, but they should right. be for everyone right. Right. and accessible, yeah, yeah, which yeah. of course is what they become. So Larry S- Tesla. So he invented 
cut, copy, paste. Listen, he's my hero. Oh, I use that how many times a oh, day? Oh, my gosh. It's unthinkable how yeah. many times I use that. As I was you know, looking at this news article, I had to cut, copy, paste so I could print this article. There he was. There was a testament to his, his work. Your first computer. Do you remember it? Well, like I said, it was it was a cast off from my brother's. My brother was like this early Radio Shack devotee where he would build his own computers and then he would move on to something else. So I would see him, you know, a couple of times a year and he'd say, here. So I think he gave me a Tandy Radio Shack. Nice. What year are we talking? Maybe 88. Okay. My very first computer was 1988. Oh, okay. My very first one. And it was a Mac it was a Mac, it wasn't called a MacBook, obviously. It was called a Mac Pro, Mac Plus is okay. what it was called. And it was like a it was a desktop thing. It had maybe a five inch screen. Like a Lisa. Yeah. Because a Lisa was and, like that. And it would chug. Mm-hmm. So when you'd put the hard the the right, um, right, right. The, the floppy, floppy drive gig, in there. Gig, gig, right. Gig. It would make that sound. Right. right. And the only reason I had it is that my mom was an employee at Pitt. And Pitt employees got a special deal where if you wanted to try out a Mac, you could do it, mm. you know, for I don't know how much money it was. And she really wasn't that interested, but she got one for me. And I became the magnet of all in my friend group because everybody wanted to do their papers sure, sure. on my computer. Because at that point, when you were a Pitt undergrad or Pitt grad student, you had to go to a computer lab. I mean, we, the Personal computers did not exist. So cool. You'd think I was 100 years old, but this wasn't that long ago, yeah, well, right? Yeah, it wasn't that long. So you had to go to a computer lab to use a computer to do your paper, to print it out in the lab, and then to turn it in. I cannot believe how vastly things have changed in such a short period of time. It's a short amount of time. I mean, I, I love it so much. And to think, you know, like, you know, we're walking around. I walk in this morning with my laptop. It probably weighs, what, four right. pounds or three pounds right. at the most. Right. I have an iPad. It's so sitting easy. Sitting here. I know. And look at what we've got in our phones. Yeah. It's outrageous. Anyway, well, a life well lived mm-hmm. and certainly an invention that I have appreciated pretty much every day of my life for the Larry last Tesla. four decades. Cut and paste. Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk to David Foster. How does a man start as a pastor and end up as an FBI agent? That's a good question. We'll have the man himself right here in the studio and we'll ask him. That's next on today's Ride Home. WORD. As a pregnant senior in high school, she felt her life spiraling out of control. On the next Focus on the Family, Lindsay Pepin Ophis recounts how and why she made the difficult but very brave choice to give her baby up for adoption. You'll hear how the family's stress and conflict turned to unexpected hope next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Romans 10 is so powerful. How can they believe and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? If the Apostle Paul were alive today, I can imagine him asking, and how shall they hear without a radio? Hi, this is John Somerville from Transworld Radio. I just returned from Malawi, Africa, one of the poorest countries in the world where many people don't even own a radio. You can give them a radio. You can answer the question, how shall they hear? Your gift provides a wind-up radio to a family. Why a wind-up radio? Because they don't have electricity and batteries are just too expensive. Your gift of $75 gives a radio. More importantly, your gift gives hope. 
We're looking for 250 faithful Word FM listeners. Would you be one? Call TWR, 888-988-5656. That's 888-988-5656 or wordfm.com. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep. And we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a butte sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. This weekend is the kickoff of the Coalition for Christian Outreach annual Jubilee event. And we love Jubilee because they always bring in strong people of faith who are willing to share and tell their stories about the importance of Christ in their life. Special Agent Dave Foster is with us from the FBI, and he has a story to tell. And uh, I'm not even bothering to preview it anymore, but Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure. All right, so when I first heard your name... Dave, I, I heard that there was a guy who started out as a pastor and ended up as a special agent in the FBI. And I said, really? That's kind of cool. And I said, okay, I need to hear about that path. So that person's you. You're sitting here in the studio with yep. us. I have to hear the story. So you started out thinking that your vocation was pastoring. Yeah, yeah. I went to seminary, uh, pursued the ministry after uh, being in the therapy field in okay. the hospital setting. And I thought that's where I was going to end up, and I did. I graduated from Pittsburgh Theological. Sure. And uh, my first church, I was a youth pastor in Pitcairn, and uh, did that for four years as I finished up seminary, and then on to Murraysville uh, Community Church. Shout out to them. I was there for three years as associate pastor, and then I had my own church out in Ohio, out in Boardman, Ohio. Hmm. And, uh, and then well, the, so when you say you were a pastor, you you actually you pastored for some lengthy periods. Yeah. It's not like you you know dipped your toe in for six months. No, about ten years, ordained for about six of those. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. So then, what was it in the back of your mind as you're pastoring the church? <clears throat> what did you really think? Okay, my next career move is hostage the FBI. negotiation. <laughs> Um, you know what? It's clear now, looking back, that uh, that's where God was directing me. Um, who knows where he's directing me after this, right? But uh, I knew um, when I took on my own church, I started thinking, is this really the best use of my gifts? Is this is this really for me? Um, and uh, kind of had a dark night of the soul where mm-hmm. I, I, I went on to the Internet and I was like, what else can I do? And I literally yeah, just Googled jobs, government jobs, and uh, and found the FBI website, and uh, I just applied. 
and uh, it was after a particularly uh, it was a session meeting that it was I was frustrated at. Yeah, we've all been <laughs> yeah, to those. Yeah. <laughs> Say no more. Exactly. And, you wish uh, the FBI would show up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, that was like my little secret. My family and I knew about it. It was just uh, percolating in the background for about two years, and I continued to minister and try to you know decide is that really uh, what God wants for me and. When the call finally came, I felt I felt like it was the right thing. Okay, so I need to go back to the dark night of the soul part yeah. because I think this is a common experience that people have. And you know, now that John and I have kids who have just started college, the expectation is that they're going to go to school, they're going to get an education, and they're going to get the perfect job for them, and then yeah. their life's going to be perfect. Yeah. But that's not how my life has been. That's not how John's no. life has been. I can tell that's not how yeah. your life has been. So yeah. talk about being trained for something, spending a lot of time and energy getting a good education, mm-hmm. being proud of a degree, yeah. and then realizing, wait a minute, maybe this isn't for me. You know, I, I wouldn't have gotten in the FBI probably without a Master's of Divinity, uh, ironically. Really? Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, yeah, learning languages, having a Master's uh, that was maybe somewhat competitive. Uh, I was definitely the only previous pastor that mo- <laughs> most of my classmates or my instructors knew. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was able to look back and see, you know, as a therapist working with head injured adults, I had to deal with, pe- uh, you know, people that were confused and angry and, and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then as a pastor, you learn how to deal with all kinds of personalities and um, people going through tragedy and uh, how to lead and all that. And then I was able to apply all that and, uh, and do something that I, you know, be amongst the world um, uh, in a way that fit my, fit my gifts. I was able to kind of um, really be at home with, I, you know, I love the people in my, in my office, my squad. Uh, I love uh, that setting. I like kind of putting my faith in action, not from, from behind the pulpit, but Kind mm-hmm. of on the ground, yeah. But did you go through a time when you were disappointed that 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 uh, you had studied all of that and had prepared to be a pastor, and then you weren't? I struggled. It was a it was a two year process. Was it of of uh, and my wife will attest to this. Just in anguish, not feeling right to leave the ministry, feeling like it was the wrong thing to do, uh, feeling. Um, um, that I was uh, maybe running away from God or something. So I struggled and prayed and uh, giving up your responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like, did I hear God right the first time? Kind of thing. And and am I just running after something and escaping? And uh, so, fortunately, the background process is a long process in the FBI. And so I had uh, two years to kind of work that out. I see. And yeah. So what was that like when you when you walk in? You know, so the first time you fill out an application, I'm just assuming online. Yeah. And then you know, you know they call you in as a mm-hmm. first wave. That's right. I mean, what did they say to you? I mean, they had to say, Dave, mm-hmm. you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. Why the FBI? Yeah, I get that a lot. I got that a lot. I still get that a lot. Um, I, I think um, uh, I, I wanted to serve my country. And I also wanted um, somewhere else. <laughs> and so um, I needed to figure out where that was. But I remember just uh, phase one is a written exam. And if you pass that, you go into the next step. And then that next step is a panel interview and another written exam. And every step of the way, it was kind of like, uh, Lord, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll follow if this is the right. And uh, and when the, when the call finally came, and it is kind of like a call, and they're like, you have to show up in a month. Um, it's, uh, I was ready to say yes. And then I had to break the news to my church and, 
and uh, friends, and it was a big shock. Yeah, so, so when that call finally came, yeah. was it actually a phone call? It is. And they yeah. said, Dave, we want you to be an FBI agent. Dave, we want you to come down to Quantico and uh, live here for five months, and uh, and then if you get through Quantico, we'll let you be an agent. Did you get chills? Um, it was a relief, and it was excitement, and it was anxiety. Yeah, it was all that. And yeah. uh, and I also knew I needed to, to make it happen because I was kind of felt like this is, uh, you know, you're stepping out. Stepping out. Yep. Right. I mean, you're leaving your church behind. You can't be a failed candidate for the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Then what? You yeah, know, exactly. You'll be at Costco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some anxiety there. Yeah. So. so talk about the five months in Quantico. I mean, that, that's basic training plus. Yeah. Uh, what a neat experience. And uh, I like risk. Uh, I like being physical. So in ministry, you don't get to do all those things. So that was really fun. The high uh, ropes course didn't fulfill all your needs? Yeah, no. no. I did a lot, a lot of that up at Ligonier and things like that. But. But, um, but yeah, so you, you know, you're doing a third of the time you're doing weapons training and, and tactical training. A third of the time you're doing legal training. Uh, a third of the time you're doing uh, physical training, and uh, and so all those things come together. They they start letting you go home on the weekends after the first month. So I got mm-hmm. to come home and see the family uh, every weekend. And I'd go back to my church and sit in the pew and listen to the interim pastor. Yeah. <laughs> right, somebody else. We're talking to Special Agent Dave Foster. Yeah, Dave's speaking at Jubilee this coming weekend. Jubilee mm-hmm. is a conference put on by the Coalition for Christian Outreach. It's going on at the uh, David L. Lawrence Convention Center. It starts Friday evening and continues on through Sunday. Dave will be speaking on the intersection of faith and work um, in his work in the FBI on Saturday morning at the first breakout sessions. I think it starts around 11 a.m. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dave, let's talk about um quantico obviously mm. i can't we can't get into the details of it but it's a gigantic shift for mm-hmm. you for your family That's from right. pastoring a small church to going down and being away this is a whole new level of mm. you know physical challenge not mm. to mention the mental part can you talk about what that was like for you uh yeah very intense um i i did well at the classroom i did um i i think i did well at but you don't really know what you can do until you're tested. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell the story that, you know, with uh, I was told I was going to Newark, New Jersey as my assignment. So I, I did seven years in, in Jersey, and we love Jersey, and we still have great friends there. But I just remember the juxtaposition of preaching sermons, and within a year I was buying cakes of cocaine through a source on the back streets of Newark. And that's a true story. And so I remember holding my first brick of cocaine uh, f- that we got from uh, the Italian mob, and I thought, what am I doing? Um, and, and then uh, you thought, life is so weird. It, life is so weird. That's yep. wild. Yep. So then what's that like? I mean, you know, you see as a pastor the brokenness and the despair in the people that you're trying to shepherd, and then all of a sudden you're on the street and you mm-hmm. see it amplified in the people who are selling you cocaine. It's the same thing, but it's different. It, yeah, ministry everywhere. Ministry everywhere. Ministry with uh, – you have to have compassion uh, with the people that you're dealing with. Their lives are a wreck, are becoming a wreck. Um, you have to have some humility there. And I was nice to see that a lot of the folks in the FBI really are compassionate about um, when you're taking people's rights away, right? And um, so there's compassion there. And then there's ministry within the FBI. There, people are people, right? And everybody is going through different stressors and the job can be stressful. And so um, ample opportunity to, to be a light and salt. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, is there an opportunity? I mean, you know, 
uh, are people, when you disclose yourself after a while, people get to know you. Yeah. I mean, uh, there has to be some people who sort of push back or there's some weirdness. You go, really? Oh, maybe I shouldn't swear in front of you now, Dave. Uh, or I had no idea like that. Right? Yeah. They treat you with kid gloves mm-hmm. in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's a joke, too. Um, in the FBI, you, you you were always something else. So it's fair game to say, what did you used to do? Mm-hmm. Right? You can't. You don't go into the FBI right out of college as an agent. So um, so that comes up right away. And I uh, got nicknamed the Rev uh, nice. in Quantico. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, no um, pressure. No pressure. But uh, no, you you feel a little you do feel a little pressure that you want. Uh, you don't want to be a holy roller, but you, and you want to be good at your job, not just. Yeah, and and yet at the same time, you want to you want to be a light. So. Uh, but it, isn't that the same for all of us everywhere? Yes. Right? So, yeah. But I think you're in a unique position because the challenges of law enforcement today are different than they were 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tension between law enforcement and the population in general. There's yeah. a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're dealing with people who are increasingly isolated mm-hmm. and sad in need of the counseling that you know about in your past. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us just feel that there's a, a sense of distance between people in culture today, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's good for any of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there is a lot of, um, you know, if it not for greed and loneliness, I think um, there would be a lot less crime. Um, mm. Greed and loneliness. Greed and loneliness in my uh, huh. 12 years seem to be the, the root of a lot of Wait, things. So I get the greed, but the loneliness, tell me about that. Well, I've worked uh, internet crime, cyber crime, and... Um, and I think a lot of uh, the crimes um, that are perpetuated when we're by ourselves, right? Whether they're, um, you know, the predators or or stealing uh, things, that um, people want community, and they want um, and they want connection, and so um, they look for it in the wrong ways in the, and uh, the wrong places. But I do think that uh, loneliness is a big factor in That's people's fascinating. lives. Yeah. So. Uh, in those day-to-day operations, now I, I'm not quite sure what you know what your day's like today. But mm-hmm. you know, as, as you talk about being in Jersey and you know holding a brick of cocaine in your hand, mm-hmm. I mean, as that comes down and you know the, the the arrest is made, do you go sit in your car and do you pray? Do you mm-hmm. give gr- thanks? I mean, what's that look like as someone who's facing danger mm-hmm. and shepherding a criminal and you know funneling him to a point where you're going to put handcuffs on them? You know, there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of stress and anxiety there. Yeah. What's that like for you internally, spiritually, in your relationship as, as you walk forward? So I'm a uh, crisis negotiator. I'm a hostage negotiator. I'm the coordinator for the Pittsburgh office, and so I we go out with SWAT a lot, and so I do find myself praying for us and for others um, uh, during those very kind of dangerous moments um, when we're entering somebody's house, and especially somebody who's pretty dangerous and angry. Um, I would say in general, um, you, you learn to be confident about the mission that, and for me, it's easy to kind of say, I'm doing something, um, that's good for society. That is, uh, what people need, even if they don't recognize it. And obviously for victims that, you know, they do recognize it. So I feel a sense of calling and that gives me the confidence to, to pursue. And, uh, and then when it gets particularly dangerous, um, yeah, it's it's all my mind and heart, and uh, hopefully I'm there to uh, to help in a, in a real life way, but also in a spiritual way. 
Special Agent Dave Foster is with us from the FBI. He was a former pastor. Now he works for the FBI here in the city of Pittsburgh. So uh, danger, of course, uh, danger for yourself personally. Mm -hmm. What about your family and your wife? Uh, How does she uh, handle all that? Uh, She handles it well. Um, You know, danger is not – I'll just give a shout-out to my brothers and and sisters in law enforcement – we know in the FBI, the federal level, that the, the local police in, here in Pittsburgh, the city police and our county police and all the local jurisdictions and the state police, they generally face danger more often than mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go in with overwhelming support and well-planned out kind of federal investigations that we're given time to kind of plan and prep. So surprises are few. Surprises are few. And it doesn't mean there's no danger, but sure. um, but absolutely, I do want to – you know, just uh, support our the, those in law enforcement that are going into those domestic situations and those those emergency situations. With all those unknowns. That's right. But having said that, um, yeah, my wife handles it fine. Uh, I've had different uh, close calls and um, uh, working with the mob and, and working with counterterrorism. Um, but uh, you know, I could also get hit by a bus. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I. I put it all in the Lord's hands. But it's interesting, you know, um, just the fact that you're here in this room with us right now. You know, as I knew that you were coming in, I felt, and I don't know if this is just me, I felt a sense of confidence. You know, Mm. oh, there's someone sitting here with us. Who knows what they're doing. Which is different than John and I feel on a daily basis, just to being the two of us. So I think, you know, I I don't know if that's, you know, just me projecting, but wherever you go, whatever situation you're in, whether you feel it or not, as you represent the FBI, there's a certain amount of confidence that goes with that. I work with great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI does a great job at, at vetting and, and finding great people um, to work there, um, people that could work in the private industry and make a lot more money. Um, so so thank you. On behalf of the FBI, uh, I think uh, Hoover did a great job also <laughs> projecting an image that probably helps us too. Maybe sometimes mm-hmm. uh, that image is better than who we really are, but um, but generally we try to live up to it. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. We're talking to Special Agent Dave Foster, the FBI. And we need to step away. But when we come back, Dave, I want to ask you about the things that might surprise us as civilians, mm. what those who are in law enforcement deal with on a daily basis. That's next on Today's Ride Home. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, 
spouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects, you get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 101.5 WOR. RDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. Tonight, clear and colder. Hypothermia likely without protective clothing with a low of 13. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow with a high 34. Tomorrow night, a starlit sky with a low of 21. Mostly sunny on Saturday with a high 44. And on Sunday, plenty of sunshine with a high 48. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. From the FBI, Special Agent Dave Foster is with us, talking about his life as a pastor and then transitioning to a new life with the FBI. Dave, I want to ask you um, not to speak on behalf of all law enforcement, because, of course, that would be ridiculous. But it is discouraging to me that the only times we talk or hear about law enforcement is in a negative context. Right. So that's just the way the media works is that, you know, we we talk about bad stuff Um, from your perspective, though. I I can't imagine how discouraging that is. And you spoke earlier about, you know, the beat cops who are just going into every unknown situation on a daily basis. Um, So anyway, your perspective. Yeah, you know, we never want to be cavalier about um, when we do make mistakes. You know, one of the core values in the FBI uh, is accountability, and that and that applies to ourselves. And we're also the agency that investigates other agencies, right, when they mess up. So we never want to um, come across that, you know, law enforcement doesn't mess up because they obviously do. Sometimes in law enforcement, because we feel attacked, you'll uh, within law enforcement there will be a sense like, well, you know, that's, it's never true or, you know, we should be given um, 
you know, special treatment. And, and you know, those of us, uh, most of us in law enforcement don't uh, um, agree to that either. We should be treated um, according to the law. So um, being on the other side, though, it is easy to second guess a law enforcement in, the, in a life or death situation. It's really easy. Yeah. And uh, just a cup, just the first week at Quantico, that was really clear to me that, uh, you know, split second decisions. Uh, I can't imagine You do that. your best, right? Yeah. And uh, with the information you have, and you might make a mistake. Fortunately, the law usually protects honest mistakes. Um, and, uh, and, and so that was very humbling for me. And so uh, most citizens don't realize that. Right. Yeah. So with that, you know, I mean, in the news media, we read the headlines or we, you know, go down to the story. We, you know, we piece all the things together that had happened after the fact. But you as an FBI agent tracking along day to day, you know, with the bad guys mm-hmm. as a believer is it sometimes the evil too much to bear for you? You go, this is so dark. This is so ugly. I can't believe I'm surrounded by this. This is my job to sort this out. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Uh, that is something that kind of shocked me. Um, my wife will tell you, too, that uh, sometimes uh, I've, I've helped out on uh, – I remember uh, helping out on the prostitution ring. Uh, it was uh, – a nationwide project and, and bringing uh, girls off the street and arresting their pimps and, and uh, just doing an undercover night where we were doing um, a large-scale operation and just feeling sad for our culture, sad for our community, sad for these girls. And uh, so sometimes I think it does affect you, and as it should. And uh, yeah. I, I like to say if it doesn't affect you anymore, then you need to really take a break. Right. Yeah. So, so what about that? So, you know, as the FBI hired you, knowing that you were a pastor, mm-hmm. I mean, and I wouldn't expect a government agency to give a nod to people uh, in their faith life, but is there anything like that at all? I mean, you know, you, there's chaplains mm-hmm. everywhere for, you know, major league sports and whatnot. Is there any connection with faith? Very uh, amazing question. My squad will be smiling right now. So one of the things that they did when I went to Newark and now here in Pittsburgh is they threw me in charge of the chaplains. Mm. And uh, so uh, You know I, these guys. You speak yeah, that that's language. Right. So our, the organization's called with the unit in our in the FBI is called the Employee Assistance Program. And so it's peer counseling um, and it's also the chaplaincy program. So it is one of the things I do um, here at Pittsburgh and in Newark. I was the coordinator of both offices where we care for our, each other when we're when it's affecting us too much or home life is 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 hurting or somebody's going through divorce and all these things and so we minister to each other we just call it we don't call it ministry we call it EAP and then we also have the chaplains What's EAP stand for? Employee Assistance Program. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I get to do I get to be a pastor within work and uh, and so they, you can't run away from it apparently. Okay, so, cool. so are there official chaplains in the FBI? There are. Yeah. Okay. We have 3 in our office, uh a Catholic, uh Protestant and maybe soon a rabbi. So Okay. Yeah. Terrific. So the the role of the chaplain is to just kind of sit and wait for the problems to come to him they're, or her? They're wonderful um uh, and um, they've been uh, effective uh, way of ministering to an office, going through you know through uh, after Tree of Life and some of these things that we've gone through as an office. Chaplains are there to to minister to people of all faiths, but particularly to the ones in which their own denomination is, um, and. And uh, they also are there f- um, for the good times, right? And mm-hmm. uh, but they're volunteers. They're volunteers, and they're all in every office, and uh, they are there to uh, also help at those tragic events. Um, yeah. Uh, not just the everyday stuff. Boy, and when those tragic events hit, those people become lifelines. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, talk about you better hope that you're ready to go because if something happens, you're on. That's right. Wow. Special Agent Dave Foster from the FBI is with us. We're going to step away. When we come back, let's talk about hostage negotiation. Okay. Okay. One oh one point five W O R D. Think before you speak. Easier said than done, right? Well, this week on Through the Bible, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, tells us that God purposely gave us two ears and one mouth. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to grab your Bible and join us in the book of James, because there's a lot to learn about what God's Word has to say on the subject of being quick to hear, but slow to answer. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous? With all the recent fluctuations, it's hard to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Our technology can forecast market trend changes with up to 86% accuracy. That's right, 86%. Founded by artificial intelligence software developers, VantagePoint gives traders and investors the advantage you need to stay ahead of market trends and better protect yourself from sudden downturns. VantagePoint's patented proprietary technology is able to analyze massive quantities of data all around the world in seconds. No more guessing when to get out or when to stay, buying too high and selling too low. Text money to 411411. That's M O N E Y to 411411. We'll send you a link to our free demo so you can kick off the new year in the black with Vantage Point Software. Text money to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with JD Waterproofing at 1 800 Berry Drive. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri state area, we are offering great savings for all our new new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. JND Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Special Agent Dave Foster is with us from the FBI. He'll be at the uh, Jubilee Conference this week, Saturday, as a matter of fact. Uh, you can look at the Jubilee. It's always a wonderful event for college students and for adults as well down at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. Dave, we've been kind of uh, chronicling your move from being a pastor, a full-time pastor, mm-hmm. for almost a decade to being a special agent in the FBI. Mm-hmm. And um, it is interesting how all of our jobs, you know, God uses to prepare 
to cultivate us in mm-hmm. particular ways so that when we end up in another space, we find that we're really equipped mm-hmm. for it without even realizing that we'd be equipped. Yeah. So talk about your experience as a hostage negotiator. Um, I, can ima- I can see without even hearing you talk that mm-hmm. there would be some equipping that you went through for a long time before you ever even went to Quantico. Yeah, absolutely. Dealing with people in crisis, right? Um, I used to make the joke that the only difference between uh, the ministry, full-time ministry, and the FBI is that I get to carry a gun. Because mm. um, uh, um, that's about it. Um, actually, so uh, crisis negotiation is uh, you know, something that it's a skill set that is um, really necessary when you're dealing with a barricade situation or anybody uh, who's in crisis. So it's not hostage negotiation. It's crisis negotiating. That's the new term. Okay, that's – Yeah, to to kind of broaden what we do, right? Because sometimes there's not a hostage in that situation, right? But it's a barricade situation, um, uh, et cetera. And uh, so so really to show empathy, to convey empathy. Some people have to fake it more than others. Mm -hmm. But to be able to convey empathy that um, that person's in a crisis and they need to be heard. And to make the conversation about themselves, I wish I would have had that training as a young pastor. I would have been. I would have been a, have been a better listener. Um, so that training is is great. I enjoy that. Uh, just a side side job, um, a side hustle, if you will, for for me in the FBI. But there's about ten of us in, that are trained in in the FBI Pittsburgh office. And uh, I just got back from a conference last week in Baltimore, a wonderful conference, and the skill set of of resolving something uh, so that nobody's harmed, law enforcement or that person, uh, takes a lot of training, and and you got to put your ego to the side and uh, and try to reach that person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it works, and sometimes that person you know uh, ends up killing themselves or you know or or worse. And so uh, you also can't uh, take that too much to heart because that person uh, is in control. But those are those are hard days. Yeah. I see. So when you came in, Dave, you talked about, you know, this, the career path we've been talking about. And you said, mm-hmm. I think you said something to the effect of, well, you know, I, I didn't leave. I didn't go out of college and become a part of the FBI. So so talk about that. I mean, the FBI is not looking for a 22-year-old kid with no life experience. Well, they are. So within the FBI, there's the law enforcement, the special agent role, and then there's a professional staff role. And under that professional uh, side are analysts, and they are looking for those really sharp kids coming out of college. Mm, okay. Right? They don't carry a gun, but um, they're a vital part of what we do. Um, they are the analytical machine, right? And oftentimes a subject matter uh, matter expert in a particular field. So I work very closely with our intelligence analysts, the RIAs, uh, and then everything else that makes a bureaucracy work within an office. All those other kind of functions, uh, administrative functions. So those are sometimes young kids, and then some of them transition and be, and and uh, go into the agent side, okay. where they go. For five months at Quantico. Okay. I see. Yep. So the door's open. The door's open. That's right. And uh, for me, a lot of uh, I work with people that went that path. And for me, it was a, a total left turn, you know, in my in my career life. Mm. Let's talk about the idea of ministry. Mm. You're speaking at Jubilee mm-hmm. um, this weekend. And for those people who are listening who aren't familiar with the concept of the Jubilee Conference, it's the idea that everything matters right. and that if you are a Christian, you're called to ministry, and your ministry can happen in a church That's as right. a pastor, but your ministry can happen uh, if you're baking cookies in a bakery or if you work in a bank yes. or you're in construction, um, that God's equipping us uh, to transform the world through That's the right. Holy Spirit. Amen. But there must have been a moment, or maybe there was a moment, 
um, I should ask you if there was one where when you were thinking of leaving the pastorate and applying to the FBI, you thought, okay, I'm a Christian. If I really want to serve God, I should be a pastor, right? Yeah. Isn't that where all the serious Christians are, right? Um, People of lesser faith do other stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, kind of thinking about this, getting ready for this talk, uh, you know, was I a Peter personality or Paul, right? Mm -hmm. Like Peter stayed at Jerusalem and kind of took care of the the matters of the church. And uh, Paul went out amongst uh, the Gentile. And I kind of thought I was a Peter personality for a long time. And then I realized I'm really better suited to be a Paul. Um, Another way, though, for me, what was funny is that I appealed to that theology, that thinking. It, It was very closely held. I was raised in that kind of thinking at home. I married into a family that had that kind of thinking. CCO, when I was at uh, Messiah College, my alma mater was uh, was there and was a vital part. That's how I got involved in it. And, and I really appealed to that. The irony is when I was then a pastor and preaching that kind of thinking, telling people to, whether you're at home with your kids or whether you're, uh, you know, whatever your industry is, banking or, uh, you know, or working for the municipality, like do it all unto the Lord. And, um, and that's what we're called to. But then for me to do it myself. That's right? different, right? It was different. Like I I really tested my own uh, – do I really believe this? Can I really minister? Can I really be faithful to God? Can I really be effective from outside of the pulpit? Isn't that where a serious Christian belongs? And so I had a, I had that thought and I remember reading and thinking and praying and, and um, struggling and saying, you know what? I got to – I, if if I say if I say I believe that, and and I feel called to this, then I I don't need to worry about what people are going to say or judge me that I'm leaving the ministry or you know not being faithful to my calling. I'm going to go and do what I've said. I we should be doing as Christians, uh, you know, all this time, mm-hmm. and uh, following through with what I say I believe. And uh, that was a big kind of um, realization for me to to do it myself to minister wherever I'm at. I see. And so, did did you find God faithful? Once you made the move to the FBI uh, and ministry was all around you, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, and yeah, it, what a what a neat thing to right away just feel like one, I made the right decision, but two, I'm being used. Hopefully, I'm being as effective, maybe more effective than uh, than I was behind the pulpit. Right. So yeah, with that, so 13 years as a special agent, you look back and you think, I was this guy, now I'm this guy. In that parentheses of time, mm-hmm. it's been a good journey. It's been a great journey. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the right fit for me. I will. Um, I would encourage any you know young men and women to to pursue a career. But uh, more than that, it's also it's every career, and that's what CCO uh, does so well. Is it really says, listen, um, wherever God puts you, and and you know, and and maybe that's for a season, maybe that's for a career. Be faithful and and minister, and the things that make you effective. Uh, Christian in one career are really the same things yeah. in any career. Yeah. It must feel, it must give you a sense of satisfaction to feel like you've made a big change in life, mm-hmm. a gigantic change in life, mm-hmm. and yet you have found happiness and peace and ministry in that new place, like you had it in the old place. Yeah. Um, Maybe I, more so? Yeah, because I really feel like I'm being faithful to who, also who God made me, right? Like, um, 
I don't. I didn't love session meetings. <laughs> you know, you can't believe that. It's yeah, not a disappointment that. <laughs> that he wouldn't love session meetings. Um, and uh, and so I loved. I, I certainly loved certain aspects, and my churches are very good to me. Yes. Um, but you know, when you realize what you're kind of good at and what um, what you enjoy, then it is very uh, gratifying to to kind of um, be successful in that as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and hopefully be faithful. Nice. Well, Dave, thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's been really, a real pleasure. It has been a pleasure. We had no idea what to anticipate. You know, as an FBI agent, you're the first FBI agent we've spoken to. Uh, well, well, hopefully uh, the last. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has been a pinnacle experience. It has been, yeah. Thank you. Special Agent Dave Foster of uh, the Pittsburgh Office of the FBI. He's going to be speaking at Jubilee this weekend. That's the conference put on by the Coalition for Christian Outreach downtown David L. Lawrence Convention Center Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year. And that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, Call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their best seller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit CookedGooseCatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just 
good food. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. So we've been following along because Kath and I are baseball fans. Yeah. The, I'm this, a baseball fan because you turned me into one. Thank you. And you're the one who's made me this miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I blame so you. That's friends are for. Look, I've been a baseball fan all of my life. And, you know, I remember like, we were talking about this the other day. I remember being a little kid sitting in grade school with a transistor radio stuck to my ear, trying to hide from the nuns so I could wa- listen to the World Series. And that goes back to like the fourth grade. I, I went to Forbes Field as a kid with my brother and my dad. I mean, I, I, you know, like a lot of you, we grew up on Pittsburgh baseball. And now it's become something totally different with, of course, the debacle, the Pirates, and the 20-plus losing seasons, and Bob Nutting, and the poor ownership, and all that. And the lack of a salary cap. Yes. And the lack of a team minimum. And now you hear about cheating by multiple teams within Major League Baseball, and the lack of punishment by the commissioner based upon the players union uh, negotiating with him that if okay if these players are going to tell you the truth then you can't prosecute them so you think something that you invested all this emotion and and just joy into turns out to be in some ways a sham and when politics is so toxic you want to turn to sports as the thing that's just fun a it's respite. just it's a respite it's enjoyable it can be intense but in a fun way you don't want to see all of this angst in the thing that's supposed to be giving you right. relief. And spring training's underway. Now, in the past, we've had, you know, Joe Klimchak from right. the Pirates, and we've had, you know, former all, Pirate greats right. come and join us on the air. Now I kind of, like, shrug my shoulders and go... I don't give a care. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's a lonely, sort of gutted feeling to feel this way. I know. And it's just, you know, it's a game. I get that. But, you know, there's a... There's something that's precious about that as well. I know, and they've really squandered it. Boy, they have. And here's the problem, is when you've got an organization that is dealing with big issues like this, I don't. I wonder if they realize how tenuous their relationship with the American public is. And if they don't handle it well, they're going to lose the trust of the people, and then their industry is done. Well, here's the deal. I mean, in, in the long term, Major League Baseball's got a problem because attendance is down, because kids don't kids go don't to games it. like we used to, mm-hmm. you know, like when we were kids. And all the games start at 9 o'clock at night. Right. And so... I mean, the, the, I mean, playoff games. I mean, when you think about the future of Major League Baseball in the next 20, 30 years, I would think in 50 years, it might be totally yeah. gone. It, it might, might be, be cooked. Which would be an absolute tragedy. Right. So, you know, the it's a good idea... It's thing of, Garrett Cole got his $360 million <laughs> while he could. I mean, you know, as a kid, you grew up loving the idea of Babe Ruth, you know, that whole thing. And now, what is there? I don't know. What is there that you oh, hold know. up that it's, you know, somehow sacred, you know, in Rob a realm Manfred of sports? Rob Manfred have an argument with an agent. Like, spare me already. Right. All so right. sports are not the place. What about this next thing? Okay, so listen to this. Speaking of baseball before we leave it, how about Pablo Reyes, Pittsburgh Pirate, okay, who so- was suspended 80 days for PEDs? 
Okay, so when you say Pablo Reyes, I yeah. go, oh, right. Is right. that, is is that he, a pirate? Is he a pirate? Was he here, he's here for the revolving uh, door. Okay, so so then they they hire this guy. They sign this new guy. He's been busted for using performance-enhancing drugs, which is an idiot move because they do testing on a regular basis. You know sooner or later you're going to be found out. So why are you doing it? So Starling been, Marte, hello. Right. So he's been found out. His right. half of his season is gone. My hope is the Pirates, which of course I've you know just described my lack of enthusiasm for that organization, has washed away. Right. Now even more so. Now we have the idiocy of sports bleeding out into the NFL. Cleveland Browns player Greg Robinson arrested for possessing some marijuana. Now some. you're thinking, okay, a couple Ziploc bags, Kath, like what's he got? Yeah. You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. No. 157 pounds of marijuana he allegedly possessed in a rental car. In a rental car? Now, wouldn't that fill up the back seat? Like, think about how, what is the physical quantity of that to get to 157 pounds? Here's the deal. They were driving in West Texas in this rental car. They drove past a drug enforcement vehicle with a drug-sniffing dog in the back seat. Is that how it happened? Yes, and just by driving by the vehicle, the dog's nose was strong enough to catch, to the wall. catch a whiff. The officer in the car radioed ahead and said, hey, I've got a blip. You might want to stop a car down the road. That's how strong the odor was. The dog was able to grab it as the car drove by at what? 55, oh 65, 75 miles an hour. Good job, dog. Good job, indeed. All I got to tell you is, you know... It's not like he wasn't doing well as an NFL player, but now uh, clearly they caught him with intent to sell because what else are you going to do with 157 pounds of marijuana? Right. It's your side gig. Hey, during our 5 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about uh, the new pop superstar, Billie Eilish. Uh, she won multiple Grammys, was at the Academy Awards. We'll talk about that in next. Stick around. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. In Washington, Roger Stone, a staunch ally of President Trump, has been sentenced to 40 months in prison on his convictions for witness tampering and lying to Congress. President Trump putting his ambassador to Germany in charge of the 17 U.S. spy agencies, Richard Grinnell will become acting director of national intelligence. Grinnell replacing Joseph McGuire, who's been acting national intelligence director since August. A new White House report says the U.S. economy growing faster than expected. The annual economic report released today says the economy added more jobs, experienced a lower unemployment rate, and grew faster than projected. Stocks closing lower on Wall Street as jitters about the coronavirus return to the market. The Dow fell 128 points today. The Nasdaq was off 66 and the S&P down a dozen. This is SRN News. Romans 10 is so powerful. How can they believe and how can they hear without someone preaching to them? If the Apostle Paul were alive today, I can imagine him asking, and how shall they hear without a radio? Hi, this is John Somerville from Transworld Radio. I just returned from Malawi, Africa, one of the poorest countries in the world where many people don't even own a radio. You can give them a radio. You can answer the question, how shall they hear? Your gift provides a wind-up radio to a family. Why a wind-up radio? 
because they don't have electricity and batteries are just too expensive. Your gift of $75 gives a radio. More importantly, your gift gives hope. We're looking for 250 faithful Word FM listeners. Would you be one? Call TWR, 888-988-5656. That's 888-988-5656 or wordfm.com. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th, the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licker Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licker Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licker Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Tonight, clear and colder. Hypothermia likely without protective clothing with a low of 13. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow with a high 34. Tomorrow night, a starlit sky with a low of 21. Mostly sunny on Saturday with a high 44. And on Sunday, plenty of sunshine with a high 48. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You do something hard. I chose last night to do something hard which was to uh, sit and watch, without interruption or my phone in front of me, the Democratic debates. Wow. I admire you for that. Well, thank you. It was purely self-serving because I was ignorant of the candidates themselves. Now, I've read about them, but I've not sat down for an extended period of time and allowed myself to wash over this process. And I felt, you know, this is a necessary thing. Certainly we've talked about the president. Sure. 
his good and his negative points. So let's go look at the Democrats and see from their side what they are offering the electorate as we move closer towards November. Okay. Now, I did not watch last night. Mm-hmm. I was not home. And when I was when I got home later on, I had to make a birthday cake for my daughter. By the way, happy birthday, Katie Rose. Happy birthday, my Katie Rose. My daughter's 18 today, and I love her. She's just super cute. I just can't get enough of her. Um I was making a birthday cake, and so I wasn't engaged. But this is what I expected, and I want you to tell me whether it came out this way. Since Bloomberg all of a sudden is doing a media wash with advertisements, no matter what station you're listening to radio-wise, you're hearing Bloomberg spots, right? right? He, to me, was going to be the target last night. Is that what ended up happening? Undoubtedly, right. Now, I'll say this. I was not the only one who was curious because as I'm reading today, the debates were – this was the most watched Democratic debate ever. What? The debate's numbers were close to 20 million people, (gasps) which was better than the Golden Globes and the Grammys. No. Yes. That's how curious people were. Now, having said that, as Michael Bloomberg and the five other candidates took the stage, Michael Bloomberg would have been better served – in a 30-second soundbite. He was clueless. To think that someone with that amount of money and that skill level at being a corporate captain would allow himself to stand on stage and be pummeled. And truly, he was pummeled by his opponents. Everyone, and I mean everyone with the exception of Bernie Sanders, eviscerated Michael Bloomberg. Now, eviscerated him in a rational way, or it was like it was angsty and nasty? It was nasty. I mean, it was nasty only that it was it was such a public beating on a human being that you kind of – I mean, you, you can't watch someone be hurt and not feel empathetic toward right. that person, whether I agree with a man's politics or not, whether I agree with his lifestyle. It's like watching the Maple Leafs goalie the other night, right? Oh, that's like, <laughs> You know, you want to win, but then you're like, oh, that's just wrong. Yeah, you do feel bad for the guy. I can't believe they're leaving a man for this. So he was called on for all manner of things, chief among them by Elizabeth Warren for Michael Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg's out-of-court settlements, his NDAs, his non-disclosure agreements with multiple women who have signed these NDAs over the years as they've, they've worked for the Bloomberg organization. I didn't know that. I mean, she I guess just, a lot of people didn't know that, which is why she brought it up. Well, it's a matter of public record, but she just crushed him on that. And, of course, you know, when you're being called on that uh, upon your – La, your, you know, your poor sexual adventures in front of a massive multi-million TV audience. He squirmed, and rightly so. You would squirm. Any any person would squirm. Oh, was it so uncomfortable? It was horrible. Watch. It was really, really horrible. The whole evening. Okay. Well, did it make you think? So, when people were eviscerating him, did you like what they were saying? Did you appreciate any of them at all? <laughs> Not unless you like to see, you know, if you enjoy the Fight Club. I mean, you know, you like to see someone pummeled. Now, to, to look at the rest of the candidates, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Kulchabar, Klobuchar, uh, Klobuchar um, uh, who else was on it's the It's not a good sign that you still can't pronounce no. her name. Not a good sign for her. Pete Buttigieg, I mean, uh, everyone is trying to grab the spotlight. And, okay, so as you're watching the, you know, the, the people, the candidates on the dais, First of all, it looked like an expanded edition of Jeopardy. Right. Okay, so I saw the stills today. Right. On, it looks like a game show. 
It does. And With it, like the light up podiums and like all the you know bright stuff behind you. And it you. feels like a game show. Like where's, Wink Martindale should be out right. there helping people along. And also, this is a really weird thing, which I did not realize until last night. So they have different people, you know, the the, the media people uh, asking questions. They had someone there from Telemundo, which is the you know Spanish, Spanish network. language, right? The poor reporter from Telemundo, who I don't know, a, a, a young woman, her only questions to the candidates were from a Spanish perspective, you know, as though she's the the representative mm-hmm. and she can only ask questions from the Hispanic population, which was kind of a waste of time. Bernie Sanders, I'm watching the very end of the debate yeah. with my 19-year-old son. Yeah. Now, my 19-year-old son, he's like he's a good guy. He's 19, though. And Bernie Sanders, they go at the very end, he walks in the room where they go, okay, now let every candidate have you know your last few minutes of your statement. Everybody got their few, couple of minutes. Bernie Sanders brought it like he did. Bernie Sanders is the prototypical, loud, grumpy old man. And what he has to say and how he has to say it it's no wonder Bernie Sanders has a double-digit lead with a disaffected, unaffiliated, downtrodden electorate. Well, at the same time, you recognize what he's saying is crazy. Well, of course, because you're not going to have health care, free health care for all. You're not going to wipe out all student loan debt. But what he has to say and the emotion and energy and pointedness of his conversation to those to my 19-year-old son, he's going, Bernie Sanders is going, look, no kid in this country deserves to be hobbled by massive student debt as they start their young life. It is unfair. I pledge to eradicate all student debt. And- my kid jumped out of his chair and was fist pumping in the living room. So you hear that, of course, you know, it's a magic dream. It's the unicorn that's coming your right, way. Right. And, of course, you want that to happen. But in reality, of course, it's not going to happen. Because the question... How is never addressed. Who's paying for this? That's never addressed. Anyway, it was a very enlightening, very painful evening. Elizabeth Warren was resurrected. She truly was. So she's been rejuvenated for the last stretch? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. She's got a place in this. And I believe it might come down to Elizabeth Warren and Bernie what about, Sanders. What about Pete Buttigieg after his big Iowa and Massachusetts uh, win? Okay. Uh, Pete Buttigieg comes off, at least to me, again, this is through, through my lens, is very kind and very soft. Mm. Thoughtful, but, I mean, he's, he's a small mayor town mayor. He's a mayor of a tiny town. Right. A tiny and town. And so Bloomberg's, you know, trying to make a point, And uh, the point's well, ta- you know, well, well taken. He st- looks around and he goes, I'm the only guy here. Who has run a business? Mm-hmm. Who are you guys? Yeah, and that's a good point. No one's saying anything. No, but right. then Elizabeth Warren, uh, she's going. Well, here's the deal: we've got a captain of industry egomaniac in the office right now. This is from a Democratic perspective. She's pointing to President Trump. Why do we need you, captain of industry, <laughs> sexual predator? We've already in, seen this. Act. We've been there. We've done that, huh. and the audience howled. I mean, you know, you're playing to an audience. They were in Las Vegas. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, right. take that as a grain so of salt people, as well. Is it like, uh, you know, drinking since noon? Uh, well, you could imagine. They, they were primed. You know, and any cheap shot, the audience was on board. They loved it. So it's like the WWE. It was, really. You expect someone to jump on a folding chair and go smashing into someone's podium. Oh, gosh. 
It was a train wreck. All right. Well, speaking of the uh, Democratic debate garnering more viewers than the Grammys, we're going to turn our attention to music because the big winner at the Grammys this year was Billie Eilish. And our next guest says that if we pay attention to her music, it'll help us to understand our own teenagers better. That's next in today's Ride Home. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. When he came the first time, he came to a cross. But when he comes again, as we just read, he's coming with many crowns. Yes, Jesus is coming again. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. What's going on with Bob? He's got the zombie syndrome. I'm sorry, the what? He has a bad cold, couldn't sleep last night. Now he's walking around the office like a zombie. He should have tried Mucinex Night Shift. It helps fight cold and flu symptoms like stuffy nose, cough, sore throat, so you can sleep at night. I sort of like zombie Bob. Hey, Bob, what's for lunch? A human brain? <laughs> Jeez, it's just a joke. New Mucinex Night Shift. Good night, zombie. Good morning, human. Get relief with super fast online delivery. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? The pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Today I'm thinking about. You know you're old. 
when you hear your kids' music and there is no emotional connection to it whatsoever. That's Billie Eilish, and Billie Eilish, uh, Billie Eilish has become a phenomenon. She garnered five Grammy Awards in the last couple of weeks at the Grammy no- Grammy Awards. She uh, was on the uh, Academy Awards singing mm-hmm. a Beatles song. But that style you just heard, that sort of low-energy, almost mumbly appeal. Um, Emo lyrics. Yeah. One sad story after another. The fact that it doesn't you know, resonate with me as a 60-year-old man doesn't do anything to say that she is a phenomenon. And for a 17, 18, 19-year-old person... She is speaking to that generation. She is. There's a, a new article in Christianity Today. The headline is, Billie Eilish can help us understand teenage anxiety. Brad Griffith is with us. Brad is Senior Director of Content at the Fuller Youth Institute, the co-author of several books, including the new resource... Faith in an Anxious World, here to talk to us about the anxiousness of Billie Eilish. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. So Billie Eilish's music is unusual. Um, Brad, you've written that it gives us a window into the teenage culture in America right now. So from my perspective, it's, uh, as I said, super emo, introspective, inward-looking. Um, it portrays a sense of distance, uh, connection-wise, from the rest of culture. Yeah, and I think that the reason I use that word window is I think that that's how a lot of teenagers feel and why they find that connection in her music, because she's speaking not only words, but also in a in a way, you know, her kind of mumbly, understated approach and the kind of music that you know you use the term emo which was a really kind of music on the sidelines but this is this is mainstream it's right in front of us and i think that popularity is saying hey wait look at us we're trying to tell you something right now right so brad your work at the fuller youth institute you see someone like billy eilish who's informing a lot of kids what does that mean for you as you try to talk about christ in the world yeah, it helps us think about. We're always wanting to listen, listen to what teenagers are really experiencing and going through, because I, I think empathy and understanding is often the window into sharing about Christ with a young person and sharing about that hope. And so, if we're really going to listen and pay attention, Billie Eilish, her music can open up for us this reality that anxiety. It, it's on the forefront of a lot of um, what young people are talking about because it's what they're experiencing. It's what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the ways they talk about their generation, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can really help us open a window into better conversations because we can be help young people be honest about what maybe they're going through or maybe what a friend is experiencing. So, Brad, you wrote in your article in Christianity Today, uh, reflecting on the Grammy Awards themselves, that when Billie Eilish's brother, who is a a songwriter and the producer of her music, got up at the microphone, he said this, quote, We didn't think this album would win anything ever. We wrote an album about depression and suicidal thoughts and climate change and being the bad guy, whatever that means, and we stand up here confused and grateful. You're saying that those things that he's mentioned are the reasons why some adults don't get her music but teenagers love her. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. 
So suicide is, is currently the second leading cause of death in young people aged 10 to 24, wow. okay? And that's really her window, I mean, her fan base. Mm-hmm. It's estimated that two out of every three young people who experience suicidal thoughts don't ever get help. So here's somebody who's trumpeting that from, you know, one of the greatest platforms that a young person can have. And she's just barely 18 years old. So in a sense, she's a mouthpiece for a generation who's saying, hey, something's going on. And and actually talking about it, getting it out there in the open can bring a lot of hope and a lot of healing. And, you know, that's something that adults we're not always good at <laughs> from older generations where, you know, we may have some hesitance or fear around talking about anxiety or depression or, or even stigma in, in certain communities in particular and, and in the church, you know, because we, we worry that maybe it's a sign of a, a spiritual weakness. Right. Um, but, but when we can really open this up, have better conversations, then we can begin to actually make progress with young people. Brad Griffin is with us from Fuller Youth Institute. We're talking about a piece he wrote about Billie Eilish. It's uh, in Christianity Today this month. Billie Eilish can help us understand teenage anxiety. But, you know, Brad, the little that I know about Billie Eilish, I think I saw a Sunday morning profile on her where they showed her and her parents and her brother living, and I believe it's it's almost a studio apartment. I mean, it was tiny. The parents had like a fold-up bed, and, you know, she was a, sort of a, a homeschooled child, taught, you know, uh, in a really, you look at the four of them, it's almost like, you know, they're so just insular together. And apparently the parents have just poured everything that they have into their two children. So with that, I'm surprised that her message is of such despair and loneliness when clearly she was loved beyond comparison by her parents that they gave her everything to be able to create what she's created. Yeah, that's an interesting paradox, isn't it? And I, you know, make no mistake. I mean, by all accounts, she's, she is close with her family. And, um, and yet she also talks about experiencing some really tough stuff. Um, she, she, she was a dancer and went through um, a body dysmorphia and um, experienced anxiety. She has Tourette's syndrome. Um, you, you know, she, it's not that she hasn't been through some hard things. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, to take the flip side of that, too, sometimes very present, very involved parents, we can actually, and I'll put myself in that category, um, I can raise my own kids' anxiety. <laughs> I have a preteen and two teenagers in my in my own home. And, you know, just last night, my 17-year-old was saying to us, you know, when you ask me about this, it makes me feel really anxious. Mm-hmm. So can we, <laughs> can we, she was kind of asking to renegotiate even the way that we are present with her and present in her life. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a, there's a bit of a, a give and take there. And maybe she's an example too of somebody whose anxiety might have been hidden in certain ways and she's putting it right out there on the front line and 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 saying hey this is part of my life it also makes me think brad that no matter what we do to create you know a safe interactive engaging family life our culture speaks so loudly to us and it's not just our kids it speaks loudly to us as well and we have to recognize that whether we like it or not or whether we identify it or not or get it or not this is the culture that our teenagers have this is the one they're growing up in mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's right. And believe me, I, I study teenagers and teen culture here at the Fuller Youth Institute, and I still don't get it. You know, mm. I mean, I, I have to ask my kids to interpret for me, um, which is actually how that Billie Eilish conversation began. Mm. And, you know, back to that idea of being a window, I, I love thinking about our own kids or the teenagers around us um, as a window. I think curiosity is really important that we stay open to what they are paying attention to, what they're being shaped by, those those voices and influences that are around them. Because if we're not listening to them, then we can't put them in dialogue with our own faith, our own values, um, you know, and even at times to to counter some of those messages that are damaging. Brad Griffiths with us, Senior Director of Content at Fuller Youth Institute. He is the uh, the co-author of several books, including the new resource called Faith in an Anxious World. Yeah, let's talk about Faith in an Anxious World, Brad. Yeah, so uh, we created this curriculum resource really because we talk with a lot of youth workers, youth ministry leaders, and parents around the country, and we kept hearing anxiety as a theme over and over and over of, gosh, I just wish we had a resource to address anxiety, depression, um, and kids want to talk about it, but we don't always know how. And so we paired up with um, psychologists and some mental health folks, as well as some youth workers, created a curriculum for youth ministry context. We also created a series of podcast uh, episodes for parents to listen to. And we talk with mental health experts. We have some straight talk about suicide, about when to get help, about responding to anxiety, uh, as well as some of the just kind of run-of-the-mill, you know, daily stressors and helping our teenagers navigate them more healthily. Mm-hmm. Is it the era or is it the age or is it a combination of both? Because I'm, I mean, Brad, I can remember being a kid and, you know, maybe I was 15 or 16 and, you know, I was anxious. And I said to my mom, mom, I think I'm going crazy. And she said, oh, you'll be fine. I mean, <laughs> that that was all the therapy that she afforded. Judd. Right. So, you know what I mean? I think every kid feels a little crazy. Yeah. But of course, yeah. now, you know, the, the boogeyman is always, you know, the social media and all that whole thing. It, it has changed things, hasn't it? Yes. Yes. And it's very much both. And I think this is why it's so tricky for us as adults, because like you, you know, we remember, well, for those of us who haven't totally buried our teenage years <laughs> in, our, in our memory, we do remember what it was like. And, and certainly the ebbs and flows of adolescence can make us wonder, okay, is this really a problem or is it not? Is this just being a teenager? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Certainly some wonder, gosh, this rise in anxiety and, and depression, is it more about more people are talking about it? You know, some of the stigma from getting help has, right. um, it, you know, dissipated, at least in, in, in some of our contexts. And so it, it could be a little bit of a both and. Others wonder, well, how much is social media a part of this? I certainly think um, that the ever-present pressure to be on to be responsive, right. you know, that, that, that doesn't help. And for some uh, researchers would say for some young people in particular, you know, so for those who are already maybe prone to anxiety or prone to um, just be pretty responsive to other people's uh, opinions and feedback, 
too much time spent in that environment can be more damaging. So what advice do you have? I mean, if you're a parent and, you know, you're trying to navigate through this, I mean, clearly the work you're doing at Fuller Youth Institute and uh, the work faith in an anxious world, I mean, is there a thread to begin to pick this up, to look at your kid and go, I recognize some of his anxiety, maybe I'm making things worse? I mean, is there a way to to de-anxious your child and yourself? Yeah, great question. You know, I, I think a couple of inroads there. One is to recognize anxiety is telling us something. It's an alarm system. And so it, for most of us, it's not a disorder. It's just a part of our life, and we need to learn to navigate it. So back to your example with your mom, you know, psychologist Lisa Demore talks about when, when we're talking with a teenager about something and they are just falling apart. Um, one thing we might want to say is just, that stinks, and I think you can handle it. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and so figuring out how we can help boost their resilience. But then we might also want to just check in and say, all right, can you rate that anxiety for me on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the worst, you know, and, and, and help them step back and reflect a little bit on how bad is it really. Um, we also can just help our, you know, teenagers stop, take a breath let their brain and, and emotions settle down a little bit and, and then try to talk about it. I think the big win here is if we can keep conversations open, mm-hmm. then, then we will let our kids know. We're going to signal to them, hey, I'm not afraid of talking about this. I'm not afraid of this. And, and quite honestly, part of why I wrote the Billie Eilish piece was I found it her music to be a great conversation starter with my own kids. I don't like that music. (laughs) I find it mysterious and dark, but it helped to have a conversation about, yeah, she talks about some of these hard things. Do do you have friends who feel that way? Or do you ever experience some of those things? That's good. I'll say too, if we're ever really concerned about our kid, just to be really upfront with them and say, Hey, are, are you having thoughts? about hurting yourself? Are you having thoughts? Are you feeling so overwhelmed that um, that we need to get some help? We're willing to do that. We're willing to get some help. The work is called Faith in an Anxious World. The author, Brad M. Griffin, Senior Director of Content, Fuller Youth Institute, and the co-author of several books, but the latest, as I said, Faith in an Anxious World. The following statement is from a bartender who claims to have worked at Hulu's reality TV house party. So, it's 11 a.m. on a Monday and my entire stash of champagne is already gone. Derek Huff is going on about his Wi-Fi barbecue. Darcy Silva is living her best life in the photo booth. The mass Singer is wolfing down all the catering. I can't make mimosas fast enough. And then someone spills an entire tray of food all over the floor. Reality or not, we'll never know. What we do know, Hulu has reality TV. Start your free trial today. Learn more at Hulu.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. 
The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code WORD. Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour during Admissions Week, March 9th through 13th. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code half off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half off. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, clear and colder. Hypothermia likely without protective clothing with a low of 13. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow with a high 34. Tomorrow night, a starlit sky with a low of 21. Mostly sunny on Saturday with a high 44. And on Sunday, plenty of sunshine with a high 48. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. We live in Amazon's world, do we not? Amazon, Amazon, I mean, we've allowed it to happen. Yeah, we have. I've supported it. Well, because you fervently, still, when you see the box outside, you get all excited. Don't you love when the box comes and you don't remember what's in it? It's like Christmas. <laughs> it's a present for me. Oh wait, this is what my present was that I yeah. opened this morning from Amazon. Would you like to hear? Tell me. Uh, vacuum cleaner bags. Mm. Uh, a, a refill on my inkjet cartridge. Nice. And oh, soap. See. Now, I appreciate this because I feel as though over the years, you know, I used to use it, Amazon, for like, you know, extra special things. I've devolved now. The last two things I bought were kitchen sponges and scrungies. <laughs> and, and I don't even care. Yeah. I don't care either. Um, and I feel bad. I, look, I do feel bad for the mom and pops. I feel terrible. Yeah. Which is why I really do try to buy stuff mom and pop when I can. It's just if things are busy. And look, 
can I just devolve for a Please, minute from yeah. our mm-hmm. because when it comes to a vacuum cleaner bag, oh, if you're going to the store yeah, and you're looking yeah. at the three hundred options for your vacuum cleaner bag, it makes you want to cry it's bitter tears. Thirty six A five is what you're looking it. for. It is so nice to go online, yeah. put in your model number and surprise I agree. Here's your vacuum cleaner bag and two days later it comes to your front door. Yep. It how can you argue with that? You can't, no. Okay, so everybody knows that of course the Amazon workforce is big, but the uh, the workforce this past week topped 500,000 people for the first time, wow. up 43% from the year before, wow. more than triple what it was five years ago, the company said. It gained 150,000 workers last year, more than the size of Apple's entire workforce. That is shocking. That number is shocking. It truly is. And... I read in the Pittsburgh Business Times this past week that Amazon is looking very hard at the Monroeville Westinghouse facility, which has been vacant for a so long time. So that's right over, kind of by the Churchill exit. It sits a little removed. Right. It's a beautiful lawn attached Across from to Beulah, it. in right. a way, right? Beulah Presbyterian yeah. Church. Yeah, so they're right. going to use that, apparently, as early on as their last um, delivery s- space, right? And is that vacant? Oh, that's been vacant for a long time. I bet you for a decade it's been vacant. So all they've been doing is mowing the lawn. Yeah, pretty much so, and some you know security guards walking around. So uh, even though Amazon you know passed Pittsburgh by and that whole kind of scam, which I believe it was a scam, we're still going to get some little small vestige oh, of it. You mean you mean the whole scam about where we're going to put our yeah, yeah. You know, northeast office? Right, and, they and the just, mayor and the county right. executives gave it, them the, you know, right. the keys and to they the had, city. They had decided on on New York, on Long Island, and then AOC came out and said, then they were like, well, exactly. forget you, we're moving to D.C., which is where they were probably going to go anyway. That's exactly it, yeah. Okay, but, so we gave away every secret we had, right? right? Us and Nashville and Denver and we everybody. Played. We got played. Yeah, for All the right. sake of Amazon. And I still ordered my vacuum bags. Of course, and I like my kitchen sponges All as right. well. Do you get good sponges? Oh, I love them. I'm in the market for some new sponges. Oh, I'll be happy to do pass them along. Do they have the scrubby on yes, one they side? Do. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll talk in a few minutes about why Christians should never retire. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. God can see our faith, but look at me. Do you see any faith? The only way you know anything about my faith is what you see me do, but God can see my heart. Therefore, I am justified before God by faith, but I'm justified before you by works. Join Adrian Rogers for a guide to practical Christian living this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference. A day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, and we want to help your house feel more like a home with some of the lowest refinancing rates ever. Rates have dropped so much that many Americans can reduce their rate. You may be able to save money on your monthly mortgage payment right now. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.23%. Call us at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2% fee to see this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states and MLS number 3030. Listen, I remember growing up yeah. and hearing my parents talk glowingly about retiring. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, my dad worked for the same company, H.J. Hines, for the entirety of his career. 49 years he worked for H.J. Hines. So when it came time to retire, man, he was like the king <laughs> of the mountain. You know what I mean? As well he should be, 49 years. But now, first of all, no one works for the same company for 49 years. No. But more than that retirement doesn't look the same. I don't know if it's because people haven't saved as much, if, they're, if the, con- the contributions from corporations aren't the same as what they were, but now people are looking at the 65 plus years and saying, well, I'm just going to keep working. Right. Okay. Now, I, I, I got another story because I was a paper boy and one of my customers, he would count down. He would say, hey, John, you know, I'm retiring and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It, it, this freaked me out. This man retired. He was dead within a month. Wow. I don't know what that was, but I was like, as a kid, it impacted me deeply. I thought, well, I'm never going to retire. <laughs> no, I'm not going to retire right. because the guy died. Right. It's just a whole other story. But our next guest, Chris Cagle, he wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition called Why Christians Should Never Retire. Chris, it seems to me like it's common sense, but for a lot of us, it's the holy grail retirement, right? Yeah, I think uh, good afternoon, everybody. Hi. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, re- retirement, particularly the kind of romanticized view of uh, retiring from a long career at a, at a company and then riding off into the sunset and uh, spending your time playing golf and you know sitting on the beach has kind of been over overly romanticized in our culture, and a lot of people just don't buy into that anymore. And even if they do, they may not be able to monetarily buy into it. If right, you know what right. I mean, I do. 
So right. yeah, things things are changing. Okay, so as we look at cultural trends changing and people making different choices money-wise, um, you're looking at it from a Christian mission perspective. Uh, talk about how you see retirement. Yeah, so I think, you know, I see nothing in the Bible to that says that we have to necessarily work in a paying job or in a career until our life is over. Uh, but there is nothing in Scripture that, that really says that as disciples of Christ that we um, that we have the freedom to uh, stop living for and serving God and others for as long as we uh, as long as God enables us. So, you know, really, it's about being a disciple. And uh, you know, if we're if we're fortunate to be freed up from the demands of working for a living, it kind of opens a new door of opportunity for us to do more kingdom work uh, using the wisdom, experience, talents, abilities, resources, whatever it is that God has given us and gifted us with. Right. Okay. So a good friend of mine retired. He sold his company uh, for an undisclosed sum of money, which I'm sure sure was a large sum of money. He's taken that free time and he's made himself sort of a consultant to small businesses gratis. He shows up and, you know, people who are incubating, you know, mom and pop stores or whatnot, he's breathing wisdom into them. That's essentially what you're talking about, Chris, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many ways that we can do that. I mean, that's one excellent expression. You know, I like to think of it kind of in three categories. You know, we live our lives to love God, love others, and really kind of cultivate and help others flourish in the world. And what you alluded to can be kind of a combination of all three. Um, You know, it's particularly somebody who is successful in business that can help others to grow a business or to become a better employee or to get a better job or to be more productive. All of those things are ways that we can serve God and serve others later in life with the abilities that, and, and experience that we've gained over a lifetime, perhaps, of working in a particular job or career. Chris Cagle's with us, IT architect and strategist, serves as a deacon in his church in North Carolina, where he heads up the financial ministry and does financial counseling and coaching. He's the author of the new book called Reimagine Retirement, Planning and Living for the Glory of God. Okay, so what about the planning part? I think that people right now in America, at least from statistics I've seen, aren't doing a really good job of thinking ahead and making a plan. So what about for people who are super planners and have done a good job and people have done a nasty job planning and all of a sudden they're in panic? Yeah, you're right. You know, there's the, the, the kind of the statistics are all over the place. Generally speaking, people are doing a little bit better now than they were five or 10 years ago. We all, you know, many of us remember uh, as the kind of the recession worked its way through really a global economic crisis kind of worked its way around the world. And, you know, many of us, those were dark days, but things have gotten a lot better. You know, uh, people that have a little money in the stock market are seeing, have seen some significant growth and, uh, you know, companies, because they've been more profitable, been able to do more to help employees plan for retirement. But I share your concern for those that are not uh, well positioned. And I run across a lot of those kinds of folks uh, in some of the, you know, the people that I talk to in the ministry that I'm involved in. And, uh, you know, you guys talked about it. Sometimes the only answer is to work longer, save a little more. Even if you have to change careers, find something that's more, that's a little more, uh, you know, accommodating in terms of uh, the demands that it puts on your time. And really think about postponing retirement, postponing Social Security, letting your savings grow for as long as you can. And, you know, perhaps that, that may mean for some working well into their late 60s or perhaps even into their 70s if they're able and if they do that, they should be, uh, you know, in a lot better shape because things can really improve in a few short years 
if you hang on a little longer uh, in the workplace. Okay, now let me switch perspectives because you were talking about people who were planning or not planning. But what about younger employees of organizations? I, I, you know, I saw this with both of my parents. The amount of knowledge and um, efficiency that they had gained in their work by the time they retired, I felt like was totally wasted on the younger people who were taking over for them. There was very little connection with people that were leaving the industry and new people that were coming in. And I thought, you know, on behalf of a corporation, I feel like they're wasting their energy. You know, they have they're, they have this great resource of people who are ready to leave the workforce and they're not allowing them to speak anything into the younger people. Oh, you're absolutely right, Kathy. Um, you know, right now, I think statistically about 10,000 baby boomers are retiring a day. Wow. I mean, think about that. That's 10,000 on average, about 10,000 people a day leaving the workforce. And as you mentioned, lots of those folks are key contributors to the, the workplace, right. you know, that where they're involved. And, um, you know, companies are beginning to wake up to the fact that they've got a tremendous brain and talent drain there. And although they may be able to replace those folks with lower paid, you know, younger employees that are eager to learn and grow in the company, companies are, are starting to wise up to the fact that they've got to tap those resources. And I think an excellent way that retirees who maybe want to work part time or consult part time is to figure out ways to go back into those companies and mentor and coach and train and teach and lead uh, younger people, uh, maybe in an even kind of a freelance way within the, you know, in the companies they were in or uh, even other companies that are, that are in similar businesses. I mean, that's so so the great way for people to supplement their income as well. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. I mean, because a lot of times, I mean, how many rounds of golf can you play for right. a guy or how many lunches <laughs> can you have if you're hanging out with your friends? It's got to get boring sooner or later. You think you, with all that wisdom and experience, you'd want to give back. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's really about work. It, it, this kind of goes back to a fundamental biblical principle, which is that God created us to do productive things. Right. We were created for work. We were designed for work. And work can, can take all kinds of different forms. And in retirement, I think one of the great things about it is if, you're, if you don't have to work full-time for pay, you're free to explore all kinds of different ways of being creative and productive and con- contributing you know, to, to your family, to your community, to your church, uh, to society in general. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity if people take advantage of it, rather than just seeing it as a time for leisure and recreation alone, although those things are good gifts from God as well. And I, I talk a lot about that in my book. It's finding the right balance as, you know, between work and rest, with, which is also a uh, an important biblical principle. That's good. Chris Cagle's been with us. Why Christians Should Never Retire. Chris blogs at Retirement Stewardship. He is the author of Reimagine Retirement, Planning and Living for the Glory of God. Chris Cagle, Why Christians Should Never Retire. Take a break. Come back. Uh, listen, uh, with the cheating scandal in the Houston Astros, it looks like here in Pennsylvania, the Little League is now banning the Astros name from all Little League. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, 
If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Demand the yellow man. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. When the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run when your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word. And get back to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh, coming March 6th to Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at MyTrueGirl.com. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects, you get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We've been talking about the Astros, the Houston Astros, and the cheating scandal, which is rocking Major League Baseball. So uh, here in... um, uh, Pennsylvania, 60 miles east of Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which is the home to Little League. There is um, a league that holds 4,000 players. And the president of the league, he is saying Jose Altuve, Alex Bergman, Carlos Correa, they are all out. Right now in our league, the Astros are suspended, says Bob Bertoni, who's head of the Little League District 1631. He's recommending that no teams in the 20, 23 leagues that he oversees utilize the Astros' name. He says, I think about our Little League pledge. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Part of the pledge is, I will play fair and strive to win. Our kids emulate and idolize Major League players. I don't think we as an organization should be idolizing teams that have decided not to play mm-hmm. by the rules. Okay, so if you want to have a Little League team, you can call it whatever you want, but you can't call it the Astros. Isn't that cool? All right, that's yeah. a way you that's know to cool. stand up for it. All right, so strange news from Hollywood today. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of strange news. All the news from Hollywood is strange. I mean, you can't make these things up. I saw this piece about Steven Spielberg, of course, you love Steven Spielberg. He's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. So now word out of uh, Hollywood that Michaela Spielberg, who's 23, 
she announced that she has entered the... No, no she's his daughter. Yeah, she's his daughter. Okay. Uh, she's announced that uh, she has entered the porn industry by self-producing her own porn videos. Stephen and his wife were, quote, intrigued by the news when their adopted daughter told them via FaceTime, but they were not upset. This is the daughter. Quote, I got really tired of not being able to capitalize on my body. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I just got really tired of being told to hate my body. Mm -hmm. And I also just got tired of working day to day in a way that wasn't satisfying my soul. Mm. I feel like doing this kind of work, I'm able to satisfy other people, (laughs) but that feels good because it's not in a way that makes me feel violated. What? I don't even know what to say to that. You can't make that up. What? You cannot make that up. I mean, what is she saying? So she was tired of not being able to capitalize on her body. Mike, I got really. I know ti- you felt the same way. What? Who says that? What? I got tired of not being able to capitalize Listen, on my body. How is it that you've got a dad who could not be more connected in Hollywood? Could not be more connected, and so you've decided to toss all that, and you're going to enter the porn industry so that you can what? She Find says something this, that satisfies your soul. Quote, this isn't like an end uh, of the road or I've hit bottom no. choice. This is a positive, empowering choice. I realize there is no shame in having a fascination with this industry and wanting to do something that is safe, sane, and consensual. Mm-hmm. We've lost our minds. Well, how many statements are there from people who have been in the porn industry who say that it's none of those things? It might be that if you're Steven Spielberg's daughter. Right. But it's not if you're some trafficked girl from East Asia. Right. It's not safe then. Or sane it's or consensual. Exactly. You're a slave. God help her. I mean, seriously, you want to pray for someone? I know. Pray for Michaela and, and, Spielberg. And pray for her parents because the statement saying that they had no problem with it doesn't mean they have no problem with it. Of course. That they were intrigued. Right. I mean. You've got to be heartbroken. Come I don't on. care who you are. I, I agree. Anyway, that's our show today. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Wow. That's what we're doing here every day at the ride home. <laughs> right? Find us online, johnandkathyshow.com, and look for us on video. We're live streaming on Facebook starting Monday. Facebook and YouTube, it's uh, the visual to go along with the audio. Yes. For better or worse, friends. God's peace be with you. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.